Hello everybody and thank you so much for tuning back into the Mummy Means Business podcast. Today I have um, a special friend. Hi Mariam. Hi. So Mariam is a teacher, well she's a teacher, an author, dancer, rapper. (laughs) What? (laughs) What else? She's the wife of a preacher, mother of um, a son, and she's pregnant with her baby number two. Um, maybe by the time this podcast comes, you might be mother of two, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't even know how else to describe you. We, I've known Marion for a while. I've actually known her since I was about six, 16. Um, I actually remember going to her 17th birthday. I got invited to by one of her cousins um, to her birthday. Um and yeah, we've been friends ever since. We've been one of the same, well, we used to be in the same dance crew when we were in church together. And now um, she and her husband are pioneering their own church in Bexley Heath. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is exactly right. Yes. So we have her today. We're going to kind of touch on her being an author. So, um, so yeah, Mariam, now your mum, well, of one, and then now you're pregnant with the second one. How how has motherhood been for you? Like, are you the mum that you thought you would be, or, mm. or are you not? Uh, this, uh, to be honest, I think when you're a first time mum, you just you don't really know what to expect. You have so many people telling you things. You have so many people saying, "Oh, you know, remember to do this and yeah. make sure you do that." and you know, you've got so many opinions and so many people giving their own input. So when I had Marcus two years ago, I did literally, I had no expectation. I, 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 I felt like, well, I feel like I just fell into it. I feel like um, it was, it was just all new to me. It was completely new. Like I'm talking about breastfeeding. I had no idea what I was doing. It was so messy it was just it was chaotic literally <laughs> I think because you were, I don't know I, how to explain it it was no it's crazy because you were one of the first people that was close to me that had a baby yeah yeah exactly so there was <coughs> so excuse me there was a few of us that were pregnant at the time um, yeah in our church and um in our friendship group but I was due first so I think it was a bit more pressure because everyone sort of was looking to me like okay you know what do you do um and obviously you have older uh sisters in church and just friends who have had babies before but you know when you go into it when, when it's you when it's your turn it's completely different yeah and so um yeah being a first time mom like i said the first couple of weeks were chaotic for me i literally did not know what i was doing i mean in terms of breastfeeding i said i wanted to exclusively breastfeed and i it was really difficult for me and baby to um, do it because he didn't latch on properly. And then I ended up getting mastitis and then I ended up getting an infection. And then uh, it was just, oh, and I couldn't come out of the house for three weeks and it was chaotic. (laughs) But Do you know what? It's funny because you would never have known because I remember like you I, you're the type of person that like you can be going through hell and no one will actually know what's happening to you but even even me when I first um when I first had Xavier I had I, the only reason I kind of not knew what to do but I kind of knew what to um what to experience yeah what to expect because I've, I've heard stories from you your <laughs> mastitis when you were saying that you know yeah, yeah. like obviously not to be 
grotesque, but you said your your boobs were hard, like rock hard. That is exactly it. They were in flames. They were oh my literally, I couldn't even put clothes on. That's how hard they were. And I've never experienced, obviously, you know, you your body has gone through so much change when you've had a baby. So I completely was unaware. I had no idea. And I was scared, actually, to tell people because... I thought if I told people at that time when I was going through it um, that I had that and I didn't know what I was doing, it 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 would like make me look weak. Um, right. And so at that time, I just didn't I just I just didn't say anything because I just thought, well, maybe this is normal. Um, but obviously it wasn't. And then I did end up speaking out. I did end up asking someone, um, you know, and apparently they had it as well and I was just so happy that I wasn't the only one at that time and I was able to go to the doctors get it treated and then my self-confidence was gained but much more better and it just made me realize at that point that actually we just need to talk out as mums like if, yeah. if we are going through things or if there's something that we don't understand there's so many people in the community like of you know motherhood like we can just literally just ask for advice or ask if anyone has been through whatever it is that you're going through and most likely they have most likely so I I really really I think that was one of my big learning curves like just just to speak just to let people know what it is that you're going through and not be afraid not be intimidated not be um, insecure and just think that you know what actually we're all for you know your first time mom you're not going to get it right you know you learn as you grow you learn as you you know so yeah Um, was it hard with the whole bonding because obviously the first few weeks breastfeeding is kind of the opportunity to bond even more with your child and I remember I had a day where um Xavier wasn't eating like he just Mm. couldn't latch on Mm -hmm. at all like and I I, like that day I'll never forget like Dio was with me my husband was with me and literally he hadn't he didn't know what to do. Yeah. Like, we yeah. called the midwife oh, and the gosh, midwife was giving us this excuse. And I was literally, like, in tears. Like, the whole day I was just crying and crying. Because my baby's crying. He's only, like, what, one week old. He's screaming. He wants to eat. And I'm trying. Like, I've tried everything. And I remember my my mum and my mother-in-law were there. And I think it's, like, an old sort of mentality. Oh, no. They're just that's like, the come on. <laughs> just, why didn't you just put, just put it in him? Just push it. And then, it, like, it. Because obviously my mother-in-law was there. I don't want to, I didn't want to act up. And I didn't want to, um, yeah, I didn't want to portray myself in a certain way that I would regret. So I just had to just shut my mouth and just like try. But in my head, I was like, can you stop? <laughs> because I'm trying my best to feed my child, but he just can't latch on. And that was like the worst day of my life. And that was just one day, let alone, you know, you said you went, you had three weeks of, you know, you couldn't even yeah, leave the house. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? Everything that you're saying is completely similar. I experienced the exact same thing. Probably not the mum-in-law one. Um, <laughs> that one must have been really oh difficult. Oh my god! Yeah, it just, I understand. I think they just mean well, but it's yes. just not the time. Almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was. It was. It was really hard. It was. Um. I yeah. I completely had the same story. Um. Marcus didn't latch on for days, and he lost so much weight I mean usually the health visitors say um that children are only supposed to lose 10% of their body weight yeah um when they're born and Marcus had lost 7% um after two weeks he was born and so they weren't worried but they were monitoring his weight because you know he when he was born he was quite big he was eight pounds eight and he had lost a lot of weight because he wasn't getting enough milk 
and so that gave me so many doubts because a lot of people you know especially my mum people were just saying you know you just need to just bottle feed now like it's obviously not working for you just bottle feed just you know no it's it's the same thing you know nothing's good but you know in my (laughs) I don't know if you want to say delirious I just wanted to persevere I was thinking why can't I do it like why I I shouldn't be incapable of doing it and so um my husband really helped me I think he was the one that really um encouraged me and just said and he not to go into so much detail but he really really helped me in terms of physically to get the milk out yeah (laughs) literally I felt like a cow like milking milking um so that at least the baby um well Marcus at the um, when he was a baby at the time could get some milk and um yeah it did it was a slow start it did take about three weeks in order for him to put on his weight back and you know, now he's humongous, to be honest. <laughs> I'm telling you, if you see him now, he's like a little man, the little two-year-old. But it's it's true what you said at the beginning, like, because the same thing happened to me, but you wouldn't have known, at, like, now that we're speaking about it. That's why, that's one of the reasons why I even wanted to start this podcast, because a lot of these women, especially you, like, you've had kids for a few years now, so you've kind of crossed over the hardship hurdle, and it's good to kind of speak to other mums who, yeah, maybe I agree. they don't know that they're, they're going through the same thing because Xavier lost weight as on, and he was a small baby he was like five and a half pounds yes. so in the first week he lost eight percent of his weight and the same thing that uh, my husband was literally like we had to pump like hand express yes. into a syringe so that I can at least give Xavier some food yeah. that was difficult but it's good to kind of it makes me feel better to yeah yeah went, I know that's really bad but no, no, because it's, it's, you, you, just, you feel normal again. Yeah. You feel like, oh, I'm not the only one, actually. Like, oh, it crazy. does happen to people. It doesn't matter how strong you look on the outside, but things do happen in secret. And, you know, it's not it's not bad. Like, it's not a bad thing. It makes you stronger, personally, I think. Yeah, so moving on to the business side. Mm. So you were a teacher, like, all I think... Since knowing you, all I heard is you wanted to be English, 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 and you finally did it. Yeah. But then, but then this year you decided to kind of take the plunge and like mm. do something daring by actually leaving your full time job, like almost. Yeah. Is it your dream job? Would I say? And then well, you decided to go uh, yeah. to become an author, which is you know a more creative side of things. Like yeah. what, what was the reason? Like, was it a really hard decision to kind of do that? um well yeah English is my passion I love I've loved English ever since I was in primary school um my mum even knows it um I remember my teacher at the time in year two excuse me was saying that I remember (laughs) yeah I do I do remember when I was in year two actually I think I was seven yeah that's that's not that's a good age like yeah definitely I remember and um he said like this girl is going to be she's she's definitely going to take English like you know to higher um, education and it stuck with me because I, I you know I, you know it's not like I was the best at it I didn't actually get a stars in English yeah um, but it was just that I loved everything about it I just loved just a passion it. yeah exactly and so actually when I went into um secondary school I actually wanted to be a journalist so I um I didn't know what type of journalist, not like the ones on news or anything like that, but just more so 
yeah, I don't know, travel journey, whatever. I just wanted to be a journalist because obviously that involved writing and yeah. involved, you know, you know, just experiencing different places and different things and whatever. Um, and then it changed because I just, um, I don't know, I just realised actually when I was in secondary school, there was a teacher who was absolutely amazing. It's always that one teacher, isn't it? Yeah, that that's just the thing, remember you. them. Yeah. yeah, and it was my English teacher. She was my form tutor as well. And she was just absolutely amazing. She was pregnant with twins at the time. Oh, my gosh. I know. And I remember, I just thought, wow, this lady's incredible. <laughs> because she was still coming into work with the same enthusiasm, same passion. And she just wouldn't give up on us, especially I was quite, not naughty, but I was a bit, you know, talkative, naughty. if you want to say. <laughs> <laughs> I was talkative in class. So it was quite annoying if someone's trying to teach and then there's just, someone in the background just constantly yapping and um you know she would treat us all fairly and she just yeah she just never gave up on me and she was just really one of my inspirations as to be an English teacher and so because of that um when I went into college I studied um English again and then when I went into uni I studied um, English again and I said you know what actually I'm gonna be a teacher um and so yeah when I finished uni I um started um in a secondary school and I trained and yeah it was it was just the best thing ever I was there for four years so um I yeah I was literally in not my dream job but I I did what I want I was complete like it was it was yeah it was what I wanted but um I just remember um when I had my son um I always said to myself that actually when I um give birth or when I have children I don't actually want life and my work to consume me and especially with teaching you're teaching everyone else's kids but then your children also yeah. need teaching and it's it all that always stuff. it's a demanding job isn't it teaching it's so demanding so 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 demanding and every time I would cut you know it's def- it's different when you're single you come home you come back to your husband or whatever and then you know you can just sort of get on with life you don't really need to if you you know you can cook you don't have yeah. to cook whatever but when you've got children, no, it's completely different, completely. So I always said when I have my child or when I start having children, I am going to stop working. And um, so that's it. So you made before you even had kids, you kind of made that decision that yeah. motherhood was your priority, that you really wanted to be the best mom you could be. 100 percent. But I had no intention of saying I was going to be an author. And that was what's funny, because a lot of people think, oh, so you stop working in order for you to be an author. But actually, no, that wasn't the case. So when I said that I actually want to stop working and I started praying, I said, God, like, what would you want me to do now? Because I don't really want to be idle, just at home, sitting down. I'm quite a busybody. Um, yeah. It's quite bad, actually. Sometimes I do too much and it's <laughs> it's not good. But um... I understand. I'm exactly <laughs> I, the same. You're the same, exactly. <laughs> Literally. So I said, um, I was just praying and I was just like, God, what do you want me to do? Like, you know, I don't want to just, I want to make a difference in people's lives. I still want to use my creative ability. I still want to, I still want to do things, but I want it to fit around my life as opposed to work consume me. So um, 
I remember I just started writing. I just started getting inspired. I started writing again. And um, and the reason why I say again is because I used to write when I was younger. You know, most of the people always used to write stories and things like that. Oh, I could hear somebody in the background. I know. <laughs> Xavier is now ready for me to, to pick him up. But yeah, keep going. If you can hear some noises, it's literally just my son just screaming. <laughs> Hi, Xavier. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I literally um, just said that I I want to start, well, no, I just started writing, like I said, I'm just inspired here and there through conversations through mothers and, you know, um, yeah, because um, I used to write when I was younger and I obviously when you have a child as well, you start um, reading children's books more as well, isn't it? Cause, you know, you get them as gifts and you know, I I wanted to encourage my children or my son to start reading as well. And so I, that was part of my inspiration. And I thought, actually... Yeah, just to plug in your book. Um, so Mariam has a children's book called We Are All Special, which is available on Amazon. Where is it was available? On Waterstones, at your local bookshop. Yeah, and Barnes & Noble. And yeah. Barnes & Noble. So it's a really really great book you kind of just you you plug it in rather than me well yeah exactly so that, that yeah my book's available in all those stores that um the keys mentioned um and it's all about um a boy um who was inspired through my son and I wanted him to be able to see himself in books because a lot of the children's books that I read they were predominantly white characters and there's nothing wrong with that, but that's the age that where we've grown up thinking actually there's nothing, you know, it, it's not a problem, it's fine. But actually, we've moved on in an age and an era where I think that, you know, our ethnicity should be portrayed within books like, you know, Asian, Black, um, Portuguese, Spanish, whatever yeah. you are, I think we should all be able to relate and pick up a book and see ourselves in them. So I wanted to do that with my son because, like I said, I was interested in literature anyway and I wanted to introduce reading and books to my son. And so when um, when when I was on that venture, I decided that actually, no, I, I wanted to make a, make a change because I wasn't happy with the fact that all the books that I was getting were either all fairy tales, um, they were all nursery rhymes. Yeah, that's fine, but I wanted something with content and meaning. So, yeah, really. So was it hard kind of going from like a stable um, nine to five or like kind of routine kind of job and moving into a creative one, which brings in unstable income? Because mm. obviously you're used to getting a certain amount a month. You kind of you can rely on that. You have your bills set out, especially with a child. Yeah. Um, and then now it's kind of up in the air. It's kind of led. It's a performance led um kind of role that you've gone into as an author so the more books you sell the more money you make exactly so is that is the is that transition quite difficult um it to be honest it wasn't um and the reason why I say that is because um luckily my husband um well by the grace of god he's got a good job yeah (laughs) no no (laughs) it's by the grace of god he became self-employed just um over two years ago now and um through that it was as if my salary and his salary was just merged into one so when I stopped working he became self-employed so nothing really changed if you see what I mean yeah um it was difficult more for me because 
I now have to start budgeting. <laughs> and I was like, well, oh, no, I can only get... Basically. Yeah, exactly. Like, on my I can't side. shop in Topshop as much anymore. <laughs> yeah, I can't so buy I that to, £100 yeah. boots anymore. No, no. But, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, to be honest, I did. I had to calm down a little bit with the shopping and a little bit with the spending because I, you know, I do like to spend a lot. So um, it did teach me. Um, and, yeah, and your focus goes away anyway when you have kids you don't really spend more you don't really yeah. spend that much on you anymore it's more of the children yeah I so um, when I go out like I'm constantly looking for things yeah that's Xavier, it. That's rather than myself all the time all the time and that's how I am literally I'm like oh Marcus will like this oh let me get that for Marcus yeah and um you forget about yourself you forget the whole reason why you even went out you need to go and buy you know bread but then you ended up buying something for the baby so you, crazy <laughs> So yeah, no, it wasn't. It wasn't a challenge really, but more so a challenge for me just learning how to budget on my side and stuff like that. So yeah. So what what kind of has been like your step by step journey? Because I know that obviously writing the the book and having the idea to write the book might have been like the easy part, but in terms of securing publish like a publisher to publish a book and then going and having like a book launch which you had recently, like what was kind of the step by step um journey into into getting to that place? Okay, so quite a few people actually have asked me this. So if they're listening, this would be good just to, yeah, just to get it all. Because obviously I've had to, you know, write up messages and like voice notes to all those who wanted to know. So basically when I was on the venture, when I was looking, um, well, no, when I started writing, um, I didn't actually have an intention of getting it published. It was only through speaking to a friend um that made me realize actually I could publish my work because um I want it like I said I was praying to God and I was like I want it to make a difference in society I want to be able to meet other mums and I want to be able to share my vision um across society so um I think because of that passion and that desire and through my prayers I think God did open up a door and I'm not saying it just to sound super spiritual but what happens is on that note, when when I had prayed, um, I did start looking for publishers. So um, a friend advised me of a particular publisher that um, because she's already written two books. Her name's Desiree Okobia. So she's written Diaries of the Visionary and she's also written another book called um, I Am Bodell. So she advised me of a publishing company and um, I approached them. I pitched to them my work and they um, got back to me within six weeks, um, considering I had been doing this for over a year and nobody had got back to me. And when they did get back to me, they were all rejections. Um, So I was quite discouraged. So a lot of the time people just give up in that time. So a lot of the people who are on this venture, they do give up easily. But I have to tell you that if you are going to, if you want to be a published author, you cannot give up because it takes some people five ten it takes people years um so that's why I say it is really the grace of God because he's the one that opened up that door for me um so when they got back to me they loved um my my work even some of the other work that I um put towards them they want to publish later on in the year um so yeah it, it, it was um it was a hard process literally so you just have to be fervent you have to be um intentional and you have you know it's literally like job hunting you know like when you're sending out your cv um you're approaching different organizations different publishers and stuff like that so um 
literally it was just the grace of God but yeah you do have to I wrote down all the publishers that I wanted to see like I could see my book in um if you want to say and there were over like 25 and I approached and emailed cover letter all of that I did it all and none of them got back to me but it was just through a friend through a conversation and it was and that, got that, that one was, and that so was the one how long was it all together from like having the idea to getting it published was that like a year long yeah just over a year actually maybe a year and a half that's amazing I was on maternity leave so um actually no 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 sorry just oh oh yeah I was on maternity leave um and I just literally got back to work maybe like two or three months before so that was when the idea happened and then I only worked part-time so during my days off um was when I started pursuing this like more more fervently yeah so um yeah I would say just maybe two years in total and you did it I did it honestly I can't believe it but why did you pick that genre though of like doing the children's books especially you know targeting kids who are like of ethnic minorities to see Mm. um and portraying doing a book where they can see themselves in it why did you pick that specifically um so like I said previously I it's because I I was inspired through like I said conversations with other parents but also when I was reading books with my son I wanted him to be able to see himself in in books because all the literature that we read all the kids literature stuff it was just mainly just just not empty I mean it's good entertainment but I just thought actually I you know I want him to be able to pick up a book and you know relate to it and see himself see skin color see you know um so that's actually what inspired me um and yeah it's it's the genre mainly is God inspired it's all about God's morals and um just um yeah different themes about you know, I won't go into it because obviously it's going yeah. to be the next. And the funny thing is that, like, the the illustration on the book looks exactly like your son. Yeah. <laughs> Even at the book launch. I know it wasn't intentional, but it's, at least it's good for when he's older. You can actually show him that this was all for you. And he'll be like, oh, actually, this actually looks exactly like me. Like, the hair, the eyes, like, everything. Exactly. And, but know, what's funny met- is other parents have said that, um, you know, I had a parent, um, one of our um, dear friends as well she called or she both um, videoed me um the other day and she said that her son um picks up that book every day because he thinks that it looks like him oh. so I think it's just the fact that you know black boys with curly hair yeah. big eyes it's just yeah you know it, any like any black boy any little black boy can pick it up and see themselves in it that's basically. it that's exactly it really yeah and what was what was your husband's thought you know through all of this like when you mentioned to him that you didn't want to leave work was he kind of all for it I know like um Dow said to me so many times my husband's mentioned that you know he'll be happy for me to be a stay-at-home mom like (laughs) but I love it's difficult though isn't it yeah Yeah. exactly it's so difficult (laughs) but he's like you know what if you want to just stay at home I don't mind I want to be the breadwinner you just stay at home cook for me I'm like yeah sure (laughs) of course you'd love it sure um no so no um Aaron was absent months my husband's name's Aaron he was absolutely supportive in every and and I think because we when we got married 
um, like I said from the beginning, when I had, um, when we had discussed in the future having children and I said that I didn't want to work, he already knew. So it wasn't like a shock to him when I said I don't want to work anymore. It was just like, yeah, we we already discussed this, you know, yeah. prior to before we got married. Um, and we've been married for eight years this year. So, you know, when I said I didn't want to go back to work, he was completely fine. But he, it was more of a shock to him when I said, oh, I started writing books. So that was like, oh, is that what you've been doing on your maternity <laughs> leave, you know? <laughs> That's what you've been doing when, um, when you've been on your laptop. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so yeah. he was really quite, um, he was really supportive and encouraging because he, I think he, not that he just assumed that I would just, just, you know, there's nothing wrong with just staying at home and looking after your children full time. But I think because he knew that I, I couldn't just, sit there and literally just be idle I had to do something I wanted God to use me in another way um and yeah so yeah he was just very supportive the the things I think is really great to actually hear that because you know you can have the best of both worlds you can you know focus on your child your child is your number one priority having a home is still your number one priority but you still can have something for yourself like put your name to something that can be of your own yeah almost and that's kind of and that's what you're doing with this with this book launch but you know how important is it for you to have like friends and family support you especially having a new venture oh very, kind of need all the yeah. support you, you can get it's so important Vicky honestly it's the most important thing ever I can't stress it so much because oh like I from the very beginning it was it was filled with people I mean if it wasn't for Desiree who had pointed me in the direction of the publisher I wouldn't have been where I am today anyway so that was that was just the support of a friend she didn't have to tell me she didn't have to I mean a lot of people quite um you know secretive with a secretive that's it that's exactly the word they're very secretive and it's just like why Why? we're friends we're you know we're sisters in Christ we're friends we're you know it's it just didn't make sense to me like you know so for me personally when I when I was searching for people that are authors because there's not really many um Christian authors really there isn't any like I know of them it's only now that I've started to research up about them and a lot of them live in America um there's not much British Christian yeah there's not much so obviously having um Des as one of you know a Christian author and someone who was accessible and a friend you know she she it was just it was just it was a blessing and so yeah family was supportive as well they were constantly you know advertising and uh, like literally friend oh yeah it was so important and it it helped my self-confidence because times I felt like oh do you know what this isn't going to work you know there was times where I thought my book launch is probably just not going to you know I had to change the date because there was other things clashing and I just thought well this is this is just not going to work anymore but yeah because you you did the launch when you were eight months pregnant so that's that's crazy on its own like people thought oh probably wouldn't do it because you know yeah you have to do it before you give birth and you're anytime soon so right exactly so you know friends were so supportive and family and yeah I I can't I can't if I if without them I don't think I would have been able to do it 100% yeah and what what to you is kind of like the biggest challenge in terms of not I don't I don't like to use the word juggling motherhood and business because I feel like no no one ever says to the man like you're juggling you know working and (laughs) but in terms of having both and trying to do both successfully, 
or to the best of your ability like what has been the biggest challenge I think I think because I don't view I don't view what I do as a business that's probably why yeah so obviously I know there are other mums who actually have businesses and so that probably that question would probably cater to them a bit more but for me I don't actually see what I do as a business I just see it as something that I feel that God has God wants me to do meaning you know it's it's a part of my day-to-day life you know meeting up with mums meeting up with um you know social mother groups and stuff like that introduce you know things like that I you know it's not it's not a burden to me like it's not a business run thing you know it's just the logistics side of you know the, the how much you get in terms of book sales and stuff like that I don't thankfully don't have to deal with that because I have a publisher but I think for me because I don't view it as a business it's not um it's not really been a challenge yet how about so the writing <laughs> like was it hard kind of because I know you have a few books like you've written I know you mentioned you have like 10 books already in place or is that is it more yeah yeah so yeah so you have like 14 short stories already in place like in terms of writing and having like Marcus running around you know <laughs> pregnant having like your other baby kicking you and like rolling around <laughs> with you, like, was that kind of a ha- did you really have to dedicate time for that or was it just fine yeah I did have to dedicate time I definitely did and obviously you want to spend the most time you can with your your child because your child like you know we were saying in the beginning is the most important thing you know yeah um and I think thankfully because I worked three days a week on the two like I said on the two days when I was off and I had Marcus um I would try and divide my time so you know we would go to our regular play groups but then when he would have his nap or when he would eat his lunch, or when he would just be playing independently, you know, if I get inspired, then I would write, um, and usually a lot of my short stories had um, stemmed from, well, yeah, from things that had happened over the course of the day, so once I put him to bed at night, like, you know, because he goes to bed at about eight, um, that was when I would be inspired, so I would be sitting on my sofa, and I will just start writing, so yeah, it, I mean, it, it, it was difficult at first, especially with the hunting of the publishers, Yeah, 100%, that was really quite difficult, because um, when I was off, those were my only two days to try and get as much people to, or to pitch to as much yeah. as possible. And did you um, have to go to meetings and stuff, and like, meet anyone, or was um, it a lot of it done physically. online? Yeah. yeah, not physically, thank God. It was more online. That's good. Um, I think that's how the publishing world sector works, which is great. <laughs> um, a lot of Skyping, well, not Skyping, but a lot of emailing and yeah. um, messaging and things like that. So, yeah, no. But, yeah, that was, I think that was maybe my biggest challenge, trying to juggle the time that I had with my son um, so that I could venture and, you know, be a successful author if you want to say that and you know yeah, actually of course, actually get author. it out you are <laughs> actually publish one <laughs> into the universe you're I'm speaking it out yeah exactly so last question if you had to give so if there was a mum that wanted to do exactly what you're doing she has a kid she wants to do something else wants to be an author maybe for children's book what what is the like one major advice that you would give her <sighs> uh it might sound cliche but I just think you should just continue persevering don't give up don't be um disorientated don't be put off by rejection um because you will 
we will actually get rejected. And I think a lot of us are scared to face rejection. But I think if you don't face rejection, then you won't, you know, you won't ever have a story to tell. Um, Things in life don't come easy. So I think for anyone who wants to particularly write and become an author or do anything that's similar, just don't give up. You just have to keep persevering, keep pressing on, keep pitching keep emailing even if it takes three years four years five years if it's something that you want to do and if it's something that especially God has pressed on your heart then God will bring it to pass you know because you know it it has to um but yeah so I, I would just say just keep keep yeah just stay encouraged and just know that um it will come to pass and just surround yourself also with people who are like minded and people who who want to um to see you flourish and succeed as well that's a good one so important yeah I think you you need to have people around you like that if you have people who are always doubting and you know they're just quitting bad things yeah Yeah, then negative energy that's it you're gonna you're you're definitely not gonna get very far so you need people to be able to just lift you up and inspire you and just um push you in the right direction i think that's good advice for any business not just being an author especially you saying don't be put off by rejection i think that's really important that's like the greatest advice you can have for any mom who wants to either start a business or you know do something for themselves don't be put off by rejection but yeah thank you so much mariam you've thank been great you for having me of course of and course. thank you xavier i know it took mommy's time <laughs> uh, he's i'm sorry if you heard him throughout like he just didn't want to sleep he just wanted to listen and talk to auntie mariam didn't you baba um but yeah thank you so much mariam for having um for being on this podcast as i said earlier you can purchase mariam's book we are all special on amazon on waterstones barnes and nobles um at your local bookstore um feel free to follow mariam on instagram at mj underscore ames which is really weird oh no it's change it's changed mariam james just mariam james okay and i got a website yes what's your website mariam james also Yes. MariamJamesBooks.com. So if you just Google Mariam James, you'll see all her all her different <laughs> details. But yeah, and um, make sure you subscribe to this podcast. So we, the podcast is available on SoundCloud, on iTunes, on Spotify, and any of your popular podcast apps. And yeah, thank you so much. Next week, we have um, another special guest. We actually have um, an events designer who will be talking. She's an award-winning events designer. Mmm so and she's also a mum of five so she'll be talking about how she juggles both family no i don't like using that word juggle what's an alternative for juggling (laughs) how she oh gosh my english has escaped english teacher (laughs) but yeah we're talking to her about how she achieved great success while you know having a massive family but yeah tune in for that but thank you mariam thank you vicky for having me of course of course